What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You are now tuned in to the Prescription for Purpose podcast, the number one podcast for Christian women to learn how to apply God's principles to fulfill your God-ordained purpose. Every episode will empower you with the tools and wisdom necessary so you can strategically execute and excel in every area of your life. This is the place for you to learn how to walk in purpose, to walk with purpose, and to fulfill God's purpose. Hey sis, and welcome to another episode of the Prescription for Purpose podcast. I'm super excited because over the next couple of weeks, we are going to be doing some interviews with some phenomenal women, okay? I know that last week we talked about building a life that is transformed um, through your relationship with God. And I really wanted to do something that honored not only building a transformational life, but honored just some of the women that God has connected me to. March is Women's History Month. And I really love the opportunity to be able to just hear other voices and to have conversation and to really speak to some of my friends because they are super dope and to really be able to discuss just how God has transformed our individual lives. And so I wanted that to be what we focus on for the remainder of this month. Today, we are interviewing our good sis, Tatum Tamiya Iomi K. And we're talking about being a woman who is uncompromising. And this is such a critical topic because a lot of times we are handed these pressures that can make us almost like cave and we get out of alignment. And so we really have some great candid conversation about what it means to be uncompromising. If you haven't already, join us in our book club because last month we actually read Tatum's book. She is uncompromising. It is a phenomenal book. Make sure that you get it anywhere books are sold. Get it on Amazon because she is really giving the tea, okay, on everything that needs to be heard about being a woman and having the life that God said that you can have without folding in any area. So without further ado, let's hop right into part one of this interview with Tatum. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Prescription for Purpose podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode entitled How to Be a Woman Who is Uncompromising. We have our super dope guest, a fave here on the podcast, Ms. Tatum Tamiya Iomi K, who is the host of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. She's the CEO of Anchor Media. She's an author, a mother, a wife. She does all the things, okay? And in her latest book, She is Uncompromising, she shares the blueprint for women to achieve total life success and to do so God's way. Welcome back, girl. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be back. 
Yes. Okay. So tell me a little bit or walk us through like what inspired you to write this book and what does it mean to really achieve total life success? Yeah. So I think that this whole concept of being uncompromising and having total life success was something that was started when I was younger because I grew up where I was exposed to entrepreneurship. And so my mother, she worked for a network marketing company. So I know I was able to be around someone who had the freedom of their time. So if I was faking sick from school, she was available to come pick me up. If I needed something, she was available to drop it off. So when I got into the workforce, I couldn't unsee what freedom of your time looked like. And that planted the first seed of being uncompromising of like, I don't want to be a slave to a job. Now, in addition to that, what I also saw was how our relationship was hindered based upon her need and desire for success. She was building a business. She wanted financial freedom to be able to provide a lifestyle for myself and my siblings that she didn't have but at the expense of some of the untangible things that we actually needed. And so that was something, another seed that was planted in me where I I see this option of entrepreneurship that gives me the freedom of my time, but I also see the cost when you do it a certain type of way. And it it just planted that seed of, I, I wanna have the business, but I wanna have the family. And I had this conflict growing up, like, can I do both? Is it possible? And one thing I've always been is hard headed. <laughs> so, and, and very, very just keeping my foot down. I'm going to do what I want to do. And as a, as a youngster, that often translated to being rebellious, to uh, being disrespectful as, as, the, as the old folks like to put on us. But that same stubbornness in a sense has grown into and turned into being uncompromising. And so those seeds were planted when I was younger. I was like, you know, I want to be successful. I am not going to not be successful. That would just failure or just living below what I wanted for my life was not even fathomable to me. Also, I knew that I wanted a family. I wanted a healthy family, a healthy marriage, kids who, you know, was able to grow up and not have to be, have therapy to get over their childhoods with me. I knew I wanted that too. And I refused to believe otherwise. It was just a matter of how. And thankfully, as I grow, grew and uh, matured and, deep in my relationship with Christ, I realized that that's also what God wanted for me. So that hardheadedness that I had growing up really just turned into this concept of being uncompromising. And now it's placed appropriately to where I'm able to truly just live out uh, in fullness, all of the things that I want and all of the things that God has for me. I absolutely love that. Let's talk about how these adults be putting um, labels on us. Right. Calling you rebellious because my my mom used to call me nosy all the time. Mm-hmm. And my Gigi was like, stop calling her that. She's inquisitive. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I didn't understand what she was doing at that moment, but she was just planting a different seed, a better seed than what had been planted. Because really now for a living, <laughs> I find out issues. <laughs> like I'm asking questions and mm-hmm. finding out and making diagnoses. Um, and so one time I asked my dad, I was like, Greg, you just said I'm not nosy. I'm inquisitive. What does that mean? And my dad was like, it's just a really nice way of calling you nosy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you talk about how a lot of these characteristics are things that God really is going to use in us. Mm-hmm. When we talk about compromise, what do you mean? Right? Because, you know, some of us are like married. And so there's some times. Yeah like, yo, 
<laughs> like we're we're gonna pick and choose our battles. So she's not. This is not like oh, I ain't gonna never uh, compromise with anybody. So when you say compromise, what is what does it mean to compromise? And then how does that impact somebody's ability to achieve total life success? Essentially, compromise in the context in which I'm using it means to settle for less than what God has for you. Now, we know compromise isn't necessarily a bad word because, like you said, when you're married or even in business dealings, you got to give a little bit in order to reach an agreement that's mutually beneficial for both parties. So and when you're in a dispute or a conflict in your marriage, each side has to compromise a little bit so that you guys can come to a resolution. Now, when it comes to your success and your relationship with God, what please explain to me what you have to give a little bit for. <laughs> because if God is, is says that he will give me the desires of my heart, if he says that he came so that I can have life and have it more abundantly, if he says that he can do exceedingly and abundantly above anything I can ask for or think, it sounds like when it comes to my relationship with God, he wants the best for me. Come he on. wants me to have total life success. He mm -hmm. wants me to fulfill who he saw before he formed me in my mother's womb. So there's nothing to settle with. There's yeah. nothing to give or compromise on. And yeah. so that's why I think compromise can so easily fly under the radar, especially with women, because it's normalized in culture that, oh, you're supposed to put your career on hold for your family. You're supposed to uh, submit or stay home and make sure your husband is the one that can go out and build the business and be successful at work. Not you. You got to stay home and take care of the kids. It's mm -hmm. normalized to do that. And it that mentality has been passed down from generations to generations. And it's kept so many women living a life that's subpar to mm -hmm. what God has for them. And that's what this book is about, really debunking this mindset and this like really just deep, what'd you say? Fallacy. Yeah, just really debunking this fallacy that women have to settle and we have to compromise and we have to live short uh, or sacrifice ourselves for our families and for success. We just simply don't have to do that. I'm, I'm not having it. <laughs> and so that's really what this book is all about. It's really debunking that mindset and then providing a solution on how it is that you can actually do that. And the solution is solutioning, okay? Like <laughs> very it, practical. It is, it is very much step by step. Like when she say blueprint, it's like step one. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you need to do. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that you that you discuss that. And even in our relationship with Christ, I think that one of the things that we do where we we compromise and, it, and the enemy uses the sense of compromise is that because when you step into this new relationship, you are going to have to lay down your will and your plans and really submit to God's will and his plans for you that are always better and well more thought out and mm -hmm. what you need. The enemy will try to get people to compromise because they feel like they're losing something and you have nothing to lose. Right. Like, like you said, like you're not folding. Like, what are you, what are you, <laughs> like, what are you losing? Nothing. Because currently your life is trash. <laughs> But what you're, what you're actually losing is comfort. What you're losing is control. Yeah. And these are things that most people do not want to give up. Yeah. You don't want to give up control. You don't want to give up comfort. You don't want to give up what you want to do and your way of doing things. Yeah. And so that is the, and it's crazy because you think that you're gaining something by holding on to those things, but you're losing out on so much. 
because you can't have God's best and still hold on to what you want, what you want to do, how you want to do it. God's ways are always better. Mm-hmm. So when when people often it's that comfort and control that people that they that they think that they're losing. That's where our train of thought was going. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I really strongly believe that I went through a season like this recently, last year, um, where I called you plenty of time and you were like, girl, let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Let it go. Let it go. (laughs) But either way, let it go. (laughs) Um, Because it can be something that's scary. But what I realized is that I love not having to be in control. I'm in and a lot of decisions are on me in my day-to-day life, whether it's me working in my business or in clinic, like, you know, I'm the one that's allegedly the brains <laughs> of this whole operation. And so it's it gave me a new sense of peace and a new sense of comfort to know that I don't have to be in control. I can just be like, mm, and do the things <laughs> and just be obedient and be able to have a level of peace and understand and have confidence that the results are going to be whatever God wants them to be. And so I think that when we talk about achieving total life success, we first have to understand that success is whatever God says that it is too. Mm-hmm. Like our own idea, like you talked a lot about what the world says about how we should be as mothers and wives. And it we're not to conform to the ways of this world. Yeah. Right. And, and I love, too, that you talked about God saying he could do exceedingly abundantly because he also says eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard. And mm-hmm. in my journey to this, I can attest to that. Like God told me to to leave my job. I left, did all the things he called me to do this year. <laughs> like like every, everything he said to do, I'm following all the instruction. But there is a, a piece of me that I'm like, God, I really but I actually love being a nurse practitioner. Like it's it's I like it. I like what I do and I want to be able to do it, but God had to reposition and redesign my life in a way to where I I was no longer a slave to my job. And there's no way you would have told me last year or the year before, like all of the, I feel like all the years are running together since 2020. <laughs> there's no, the, I would have never thought that I could work part-time hours, get full-time pay, full-time salary, full-time benefits. Yeah and not have to be on call, like, like eyes literally have not seen my ears had never heard nothing like that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so I love, I love, love, love that. But one thing in particular that you talk about in this book, and it's something that we've had conversation with you, like, girl, this is not life or death. You you have to withdraw from the, everything is life or death. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, like let it go. Um, You talk about the, this misconception that we have of excellence. Right. And so Mm -hmm. even in reading it, um, God had highlighted to me that I had simply taken this term excellent um, as a guise to make my perfectionism appear holy. Because I'm like, oh, no, I'm not a perfectionist, but I do do things in excellent. Right. (laughs) Would you just be being a perfectionist? Just rebranded it. Yes. And now it's holy perfectionism. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But how does that misunderstanding of the concept of excellence put us in a position to where we may compromise. Yeah, it's, it's exactly what you said. We try to rebrand 
perfectionism and call it excellence now that we're women of God, it is really no difference in our actions, essentially. It's us still being type A. It's us still trying to be in control, trying to, to pay attention to every single detail, stressing over, if, is this going to be right? It's the same thing. If you look at how you operated when you were, per, were a, a perfectionist and then looked at how you operate and when you're doing things in excellence, I promise you it's no difference. And when I looked at looked up the definition of excellence because I was the same way. I'm like, God, what's up? I'm I'm trying to do these things for you. He was he was correcting me and I was confused because I'm like, God, the word says, you know, throwing some scripture in there to work as if unto the Lord. So if you sitting in front of me right now, what I'm supposed to be raggedy? Am I supposed to be lazy? I'm working in excellence. And he's like, no, you're be, trying to be in control is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And when I looked up uh, excellence, the biblical definition of it is fruit. And I was sitting there like, when I looked that up, like you lying to me, <laughs> let me look somewhere else. Maybe Bible Hub ain't hitting. Let me go somewhere else. And I'm, I'm looking, no, no, it's fruit. And that just really hit home for me because I think about, of course, the fruit of the spirit mm-hmm. and the fruit is not about me. I think about in John where it says that you abide in him and him and you and you'll bear much fruit that he says what that you are the bride. What is it? I am the vine and you are the branches. What is the branch really doing other than just being connected to the vine? It's chilling. It's just there. Mm-hmm. It's only job was to be affixed to its life source and mm-hmm. it will bear much fruit. So this perfectionism rebranded as excellence is just us trying to be in control and trying to do things outside of alignment with God versus just doing our part, which is remaining uh, affixed to him, Mm. connected to him. When when a branch is on the vine, like it ain't halfway connected. It's growing out of it. It's It's connected. And so that really was just so mind-blowing to me and it really just shifted my whole perspective of what my job in this process is yes i'm smart yes i'm capable yes i can do a lot of things but it's not for me to hear god's plan and me try to figure it out on my own and then try to do it so perfectly in a sense of being excellent it's for me to just apply what my skills and talents and gifts are to what he says how he says it and then not worry about the result because the result is not my business and it's not my job the result is god because in that he's going to get the glory for it how can he get the glory if i did everything mm. so in in it leads to us compromising because we're inhibiting our ability to witness and our and we're hindering god from getting the glory and we're in, we're blocking somebody else's ability to see how god has moved because we want to be in control well you better preach because that's how little, that's how little Lucy ain't got kicked out of heaven. He was trying to block God's glory. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Like how selfish are we? And we have to look at it like that. Calling it excellence. No, it's selfishness. It's self-righteousness. Yeah. 
And we can't make our abilities and our type A personalities a golden calf. Mm. We can't do it. Child, set us free, God. <laughs> she goes, the captain's free. No, seriously, because a lot of times um, what will happen is I, I, I've had to always remind myself done is better than perfect because a lot of us are sitting, we're walking in disobedience because we're waiting for something to be perfect to release it. We're waiting for timing to be perfect. We're waiting for this final detail to be perfect. And something that I have really um, learned over the last 12 months of in this season of, I'm calling my season of like solitude with God, where he's like, nah, girl, we got to shake this. <laughs> like, like we got to shake this for where you're going is that done is better than perfect. And it doesn't mean that you, you operate without integrity, but for people like me, it'll be 16 years. Well, I'm just waiting, trying to get this one, this one more thing, this one more thing. But just like us, God still called us good and also understands that we're, we won't be perfected until Jesus come back. Mm-hmm. And so the work that you do, as long as you're doing it, with integrity and as long as God is pleased with it yeah then you're free to like if he calls it good who cares yeah and that's what I've had to learn and understand it's like it's did God call this good because I'm imperfect and he calls me good I'm imperfect he still calls me a masterpiece and so often we take this excellence perfection um all of these things and oftentimes too that perfectionism is really just also a guise for procrastination. Oh, for sure. Like you just don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to do the things. Um, procrastination hides in perfectionism. Imposter syndrome hides in perfectionism. There's yeah. just a lot. Like I was like, God, you ain't have to peel my muffin cap back like this. Like we could have <laughs> just, just talked it out. We could have just talked through this. But I love that you talk about this misconception of excellence. What what practical instruction would you give someone who struggles with this control and um, perfectionism type of personality, us, the type A's? Yeah, I would say first, before you can worry about what you're producing for God, you have to build a relationship with him. Mm. That's the the biggest hindrance, I, I think, for type A people like us. We try to get put the heart, the we try to put the cart before the horse. We worried about chapter 10 when we need to focus on chapter one. It's a lot easier to stay surrendered when you already have that foundation in a relationship. But when you're trying to build trust and produce, understand the word, but then also live it out, it's just not going to work. It, it's irresponsible. It, you're going to have to backtrack most of the time. Because you're going to start learning new things and God is going to start correcting you. And you're like, oh, I should have did that because now I understand this. So the first thing is really just make sure that you have that closeness and that relationship with God. You talk about your period of solitude and I had one as well, where I, after I quit my job, uh, God quickly, shortly after told me to shut down everything that I was doing. And I had to go through a year and a half of just a, a building period of truly building a one-on-one -on -one relationship with him before he could release me to go do anything. Because I would have mismanaged what he's blessed me with today had I gone after it prematurely. So the first thing is really just building that one-on-one -on -one relationship and not trying to rush to produce when you don't even know God for real. 
How the word going to be a lamp upon your feet and a light on your path if you don't even know what it is? You're not even going to recognize the light when it's right in front of you. Come on. So we can't put the cart before the horse. The second thing is you have to protect how you're building what God is calling you to build. And so what I mean by that is you can't tell everybody about it because people are not going to understand. They may not understand the assignment. And even if they understand the assignment, they may not understand the methodology that God has you completing and going about that assignment. So you have to protect it because at that stage, especially in the beginning, when you're building, it's very easy to go and fall back into your type A ways. The biggest part of this journey is self-regulation. Yes. Because we live in in bodies and flesh that does not want to do the will of God. Yep. We have vision. We're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. We have sight every single time we wake up that is constantly contradicting what faith is. So you have to totally negate everything that's in front of you in order to operate on what you can't see. That's hard. Yeah. And so the the biggest part of it is really being able to overcome your flesh in the day to day so that you can stay, your ears can be open to hear the Lord. Yeah. So your heart is settled in his ways. So protecting it is so important because like I said, we're already living in a flesh that doesn't want to do the things. So we have to, to actually control what we can control and create environments that allow us to be a lot more um, easily susceptible to God's way versus our way. So mm-hmm. again, not telling everybody what you're doing yeah. or how God has you doing it, keeping it to yourself. Yeah, it's going to get lonely sometimes. Yes, it's going to feel isolating, but that is small compared to what's at stake. Yeah. So just really keeping that to yourself is another practical thing and just getting okay with it just being you and God. Mm-hmm. You have to be okay with that. And if you're not, don't even start this journey because it's, you're going to fall off at some point. Yeah, that's real. Because a lot of times what we think is isolation, this is why I specifically said solitude, because solitude and isolation are not the same. Mm-hmm. The enemy wants you to feel like you're isolated. Nobody gets it. Nobody understands you. This is crazy. Why are you doing this? Where solitude is literally just me and God spending time together where he gives me a a much needed like breath, like a deep breath and opportunity to really see things, not the way that I see them, but how he sees them. And that's part of my prayer is that God, like, please allow me to see what you see, to see people the way that you see them, to see my husband, the way that you see him. Like it, it's a, it's a, a vision adjustment because when we get to this space where it's just us and God If you don't take full opportunity of it, the enemy will devour you. Yeah. Like it's, it's a perfect space. If you are not really fully submitted, like the enemy will devour you in this space. And that's why you have to be so committed to your relationship with God, because when he gives you the wild instructions, okay, you talked about this in the book about how obedience has to be. It's like one of the key pieces to total life success. My first lesson that I learned as a Christian several years back was like, oh, these instructions are going to stay wild. (laughs) (laughs) They do not get simple. (laughs) They do not get simpler. But then I had to go back 
and look at like people like Noah, who dude was literally building an ark every day of his life, <laughs> right? Like we read these stories and we don't really engage with them enough to realize like Noah was a whole human being. So mm -hmm. of course, every day building that ark, imagine people out here, you going viral for building this ark. People are in the comments <laughs> dogging you. <laughs> like, you like, dumb, ain't no rain, talking mad crazy about you. And you and go drowning. Yes, every single day you go back out and building the boat. Like, there, I'm sure there were days where he got splinters or this or that, or he was tired and he just didn't feel like doing it. Like, mm -hmm. People really think that when God, like I'm going to hear from God, the heavens are going to open up. There's going to be this right. deep voice. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, Charlotte, go do this. Or he's going to be so excited to do every single yeah, thing. No, like, no. So can you talk a little bit about like, when you get those instructions, how to deal with those feelings or obey in those times where you're just like, bro, I, what? First of all, I don't even want to do this. <laughs> yeah. I had a system and I still use it today. That whenever God tells me to do something, I do it first and worry about how I feel after the fact. And so that way I'm already locked in because I'm, I'm the type of person, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I don't like to be flaky or back and forth or anything like that. That's just a personality trait of mine. Like just be somebody who does what, what you say you're going to do and that you can be held accountable to what you say. Yep. And so I would just say yes and commit and then be like, what in the world did I just say yes to? When he told me to go on tour <laughs> and I had no money to go on tour, I just started booking. Um, <laughs> we just started booking the hotels. Yes. yes. And I sat down with uh, my husband's uh, best friend's wife is an event planner. I'm like, hey, I have no clue how to plan like live events. I had never done a live event before before that. And she was like, I'll do it for you pro bono. And so she planned all the logistics of the tours, what she does. And I'm signing contracts, all of the things, putting it all in place while in my mind, like, what the heck is going on and how in the world are we going to pull this off? Mm -hmm. Even to this day, when um, I remember when I a pastor at the church I was at at the time had asked me to speak uh, on a Sunday, I said, yes, my immediate response was yes. My mind was like, what in the world? How am I going to stand in somebody's pulpit and talk about the word of God? I already committed to it. So I was doing it regardless, but I dealt with my feelings on the back end. So that's like a little trick that I do. I just say yes and commit to it first and worry about how I feel on the back end. And so I let myself also just feel the feels. If I feel unqualified, then that's how I feel. If I'm scared, then that's how I feel. I'm going to do it. But I'm also peeing my pants right now. <laughs> like. Figure it out. How in the world am I going to do this? When I started getting booked to speak, I was scared, but I set, signed the contracts and I went and I showed up. And so that's my trick and just feel how I feel on the back end. And I also, in, in a way that I get my emotions in check, though, after I let myself feel how I feel, is I use it all as an opportunity to put it back on God. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, God, you said that your word will uh, never return back to you void. So... What's up? Come on. You gave me all of these promises for obedience. Or everything I've been reading say it's going to work out. Let's see. And every single time that's that's how I after I feel the feels, I'm like, well, let's just see. And it always works out. Always. And then as those 
yeses, you know, became more frequent and I saw the result of those yeses more frequently, it became a lot easier. So the emotions still come up depending on what it is, but I've seen God move way too many times to where my feelings about it is just kind of like, all right, let's go. This is another thing. Another one that I'm going to talk about that this enemy going to be mad. Another one that's going to save a soul. Another one. So now I just look at it as another opportunity for me to speak of the glory of God. And again, like I said, sometimes it gets big and I'm like, whoo, okay, but we're going to do it. Let's just see. And And it just continues to build my faith. I love that. Yeah. I'm like that too. Like, I'm going to start right now or I'm not going to do it. <laughs> like I don't even give my, my thoughts an opportunity to yeah. catch up with like what's really going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'll have these moments at the very end where it's like, man, I can't believe I did that. Mm-hmm. Like God said to go to seminary. And I was like, all right, like I'm, I'm going to go ready, set, go. Cause First of all, I told you I was done with school, but I didn't ask you first when I made that declaration. I just was declaring and decreeing something and I ain't really clear it. So I guess I'm not <laughs> I guess I'm not done with school. And he gave me the space and the opportunity to do so, but I had to hurry up and do it because I would have psyched myself out of position. Mm-hmm. I would have broke my own branch off and just been out here. And the level of of accuracy and just the the walk with him over the summer and doing that was like phenomenal but I was so head down and like let's just get it done that I had forgot and then my certificate showed up in the mail I was just like we gotta get this last paper out <laughs> like <laughs> I was just, there were no more due dates like I was just like we I, we did it God and then a couple weeks later my certificate comes in the mail and God is so good because my granny was here and it was like this whole thing and I was like yo that's crazy I did this this is my name on here <laughs> like this is my whole name on this certificate that's outrageous and so I I love it's just like let's just get to it in the book I talk about uh strongholds and I shared a revelation that I had because to me strongholds were always presented in church settings as bad it was always something that you had to cast out that you had to pray and fast about and so I initially I wanted to talk about compromise being a stronghold, but when it came to this book, I was extremely conscious about the word being the truth. And then anything, any opinion that I have supports and explains the word in context versus the other way around, because I feel like a lot of people in faith-based settings and pastors do this every Sunday. And it's, it's a teaching style that really bothers me where I feel like they uh, create these motivational speeches or these sermons and then you find scripture to justify what you're saying but the word isn't supposed to back you up you're supposed to conform and switch your thinking to match the word of god like that's the blueprint that's the foundation and it just really it's just a pet peeve of mine that i feel like so many people do the opposite i think this so let me find scripture to back that up you can find scripture to back up anything outside of context so And it just, it just bothers me. So with this book, I was really big on not just saying stuff, not just giving my opinion. I wanted my opinion to fit the word and the word to be the driving force. And so when I I wanted to talk about uh, compromise as a stronghold, so that led me to uh, studying strongholds. But what I realized as I was doing that was that 
strongholds biblically when you read the word stronghold in the bible most of the time is referring to god as a stronghold as a strong tower i think it's about four or five scriptures that i, I posted there uh, a stronghold by definition is a fortified place that is protected against attack and in scripture, that's why God is referred to as this strong tower, this stronghold, this place of refuge, because being with the Lord is a fortified place against attack. But in church settings, it's always something that got to be cast out. Mm -hmm. And so now I do believe a stronghold can present itself in a negative connotation because mm -hmm. compromise when you take because the compromise of or a stronghold of human reasoning in second Corinthians 10, four through six, it says we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And so when I saw stronghold presented in this sense, I saw again, way more, text that supported God as being a stronghold, then I saw strongholds being something that needed to be teared down. And so what I realized was that something like compromise, it's a stronghold because it's a, a human reasoning that has been so embedded in us that we've come into agreement with so much that it's now this fortified place that is protected against attack. So now, no matter how much you pray, no matter how much you read the word, no matter how much somebody tells you the truth, you've come into agreement so much with settling and compromising that in, you do now have to pray and fast for it to get uprooted. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.